Well, 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 look who it is joining us again for another episode of Unconscious with me, your friend Jay Call. Um, man, totally forgot to celebrate the big 3-0 last week, 30th episode. I'm still going. I can't stop. I won't stop. Um, I'm fasting today, so I might be a little grumpy. Just bear with me. You know, I'm spiritual. I'm healthy. Um, trying to cleanse the old tank out. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I might be a little cranky today. <clears throat> and uh, today's one of those days, you know, there's not shite to talk about, you know, other than the fights this last weekend. Um, but they were fun. They were good ones. We got uh, we got some decent um, <clears throat> decent outs, some, some decent mix-em-ups, uh, messing up every division in the book. Um, but it was pretty good. Pretty good, everything that we saw. Uh, <coughs> had some really fun um, outcomes on the undercard. You know, we had uh, Manel Cop, uh, Cop, I think that's how you say his last name, Manel Cop. Um, giant first round flying knee KO. Um, really impressive uh, victory for him. You know, he seems like he's got all the skills in the world. Um, came out with a giant highlight reel knockout, kind of put his, uh, put his name on the map in front of a lot more people. Um, I think uh, we're going to hear a lot more out of him. That was a really impressive finish. Uh, Jessica Penne finishing Carolina Kawakaitz. Um, super impressive with her as well. You know, awesome, awesome armbar submission. When was that? Was that round one? Yeah, end of the first round. Took her one round, put it to her. And I think Jessica Penne was coming off a huge layoff. have to look that up. But I'm pretty sure she was out for a couple years. Um, <clears throat> we had Alonzo... Minifield um, getting a unanimous decision over uh, unanimous decision victory over Ed Herman. Ed Herman just still doing the damn thing, you know, kind of perennial gatekeeper, um, just tough as they come. Um, Alonzo Minifield is trying to kind of get his momentum back. I feel like ever since he got finished by um, uh, what's his name, what's his name, Ovin St. Prue. There we go. Ever since he got a finish with them, he's trying to trying to make his way back there, and he's just looking better and better every time. So he, he was looking pretty good. Man, the Rafael Fazayev versus Bobby Green fight, that is a fun one. Man, that Rafael Fazayev guy is exciting. His last victory, um, who did he beat? He uh, Who did he knock out? Knocked out Hinato Moicano. Really, really um, made himself known with that one. You know, his Mark Diakisi fight where he was kind of doing the Matrix moves, um, really, really uh, made him stand out. And then he went and finished Hinato Moicano, which to me, I think he just looked as sharp as ever. The guy's just really interesting. Really, really interesting. Has an amazing stand-up style. Uh, has a, has a, um, uh, uh, is a very experienced Muay Thai background. You know, had a, had a professional Muay Thai career before really entering into MMA. <clears throat> has a has a really really amazing stand-up game and Bobby Green man is just you know Bobby Green's an interesting cat you know he had he had uh, kind of decided to hang it up a couple years ago and ever since he decided to come back just keeps getting better and better um kind of you know just like Ed Herman kind of a perennial gatekeeper he's always right there you know introducing guys like this 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 Rafael Fazayev character who's coming in making a name trying to get into the top 10 you know destroying everybody you gotta get past Bobby Green and he's been just looking as good as ever and they put on a performance of the night you know well-deserved great striking matchup 
you know, and, and another uh, really good victory for him. I think he's just slowly but surely becoming a name in that division and the most competitive division in the world, lightweights. Um, but, man, yeah, really fun undercard, really fun undercard. Then we had the uh, – on the main card, Song Yidong uh, getting a split decision victory over Casey Kenny. Um, just is what it is, super close matchup, you know, came out with a split decision victory. Good for him, you know. I like his, uh, I like his future in that division. Um, Casey Kenny's got tons of time to, to, to rebound from that loss. Um, really, really just nothing but good things from them as well. You know, and then we had the uh, um, kind of the, the, the drama between Tisha Torres and Angela Hill where they were really uh, kind of chirping and shit-talking with each other and, and calling out, calling out uh, doping kind of rumors and, and go, you know, going back and forth. So I think they had a lot of uh, animosity going into that fight. Um, and Tisha Torres was able to come out on top, kind of uh, silence all that nonsense. So pretty good from her as well. <clears throat> what else did we have? What else did we have? We had Vicente Luque defeating Michael Chiesa. Bananas. Crazy, crazy fight. Vicente Luque, I mean, is just as good as they come, as good as they come. The one thing I try to point out to people that a lot of people don't realize, he's just been doing it forever. He's a super young guy. What is he? I mean, he's, he's 29. He's 29. He's got 29 fights. He's almost got 30 fights. So been fighting since 2009, basically as soon as he could get licensed professionally. The guy holds a TKO victory over Tiago Santos. I mean, if you don't know who that is, first of all, you're not a fan. Second of all, they fought at middleweight. He's currently a welterweight, Tiago Santos, light heavyweight. One of the most powerful light heavyweights that we even have right now. Um, just knocks people dead in the light heavyweight division. Big light heavyweight. No problem being a light heavyweight. And Vicente Luque is a... a a, a true welterweight and they fought each other at middleweight back in the day and he TKO'd Tiago Santos. It just shows you the kind of power that he's got in that division. He finishes every one of his fights. I mean, every fight that Vicente Luque has, I mean, he's finishing guys. He's got a couple decision, you know, he's got a decision loss um, that mostly whenever he loses is when he goes to decision. But when he, when he can put his game plan in there, he finishes guys. And it's an interesting argument now in the in the welterweight division. You know the, I mean we know that Camaro's the king. Camaro's the king right now, and he's not going anywhere. And he's got that Colby Covington rematch coming up, and Colby deserves that. That is for sure the title fight. Um, that is what's happening. Uh, but who's next? That's the question. That's the controversy. Poor, poor, poor Leon Edwards just keeps getting leapfrogged, keeps getting told that he has to get another win, get another win, you know. And, and I understand. I understand. When you take a two-year layoff, I'm all about that, you know. But it's just usually it depends. It depends on who you are. It depends the situation. Um, and, and that sometimes has zero effect on people. I mean, TJ Dillashaw, we'll kind of get to that division as well, but TJ's a perfect example. Two-year layoff off of doping. And he comes in, gets one good win over Corey Sanhagen. He might be fighting for the title next. You know, and Leon had a layoff, not for doping. Comes back. I think he's had two wins since his layoff. And probably still going to get leapfrogged by Vicente Luque, you know, or Gilbert Burns. I mean, that the, the, 
we have the Kamaru Usman and the Colby rematch, but we got Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, Vicente Luque all right there waiting in the wings. Like, which one of those guys is going to get the title shot um, off the winner of Usman and Covington? You know, and I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's it's. I feel so bad for Leon. He t- he totally deserves a title shot. <laughs> totally deserves a, a title shot. Vicente, I think, deserves a title shot. I mean, he is one of the most exciting guys in that division, active, finishing all of his fights. I mean, as well-rounded as it gets, finishes by knockouts, finishes by submissions. And in this fight against, against uh, Chiesa, was able to show his grappling prowess. I mean, was in a compromising situation. Chiesa was on his back, uh, attempting to submit him, and he was able to... He was able to defend, escape, reverse position, and put Chiesa into a submission and finish him with the Darce choke. I mean, I mean, and against a guy like Chiesa, who no one, no one would have bet that a submission victory would have been for Vicente Luque in that fight. I mean, you would have made, who knows what the odds would have been, who knows what the betting odds would have been for Vicente Luque to submit Michael Chiesa. I mean, the odds would have definitely been in Chiesa's favor for a submission victory, um, but he was able to go out there and submit a submission artist, you know, and he goes out and knocks people out in that division. Finishes, I mean, finishes all over the place, as exciting as it gets, as experienced as it gets, right in his physical prime, right in his prime. Um, and so, I mean, I, he, he totally deserves to get a title fight. Leon totally deserves to get a title fight. You know, Gilbert Burns, he, he, had, his, he had his shot, but then he just went and beat a, a number four ranked Wonderboy Thompson, you know, um, I, 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 he, you know, he probably since he had his fight, he had his chance, and then he had a, a less than, a less than, you know, fight of the year nominee fight with Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, I would, I would assume that Gilbert probably is gonna is gonna sit aside. It's gonna be between Leon and Vicente, and who knows? It's just however the wins. It, it, it depends on the Usman and Covington outcome. It depends on. You know, it just depends on the landscape at the time that they want to make the matchup. Depends on where the fight's going to be. All that behind-the-scenes shit that no no fans really think of. And who really knows? Who really knows? It's not obvious right now in that division. But And, and we know that that the, the real king is kind of going to be crowned with Kamaru and Colby. And if Colby's able to come out and get a big win, you know that they're going to do a trilogy fight. And then it's just going to muck everything up, and we're going to have Leon and Vicente probably fight each other if that's the case. So it is all super dependent on the outcome of the, of the next title fight. Uh, but, man, welterweight, always exciting, always exciting. You know, some of the most well-rounded guys on the planet. Um, Vicente looked as good as ever, came out with a first-round victory over Michael Chiesa. I mean, what else is there to what, – what, what do you not love about that guy? What do you not love about that guy? If you don't like him, shut up, shut up. You know, I'm a, I'm a Vicente Luque dick rider, and I'm proud of it, okay? Okay. All right, this one I'm hot about, too. I told you, your boy's cranky. Your boy's cranky. He hasn't had anything today. He's had a little bit of water, had a little bit of coffee. I allowed myself that, but he is cranky. Um, Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz. If you think that Jose Aldo's washed up, if you have been writing him off or just wondering when he's going to retire and hating on Jose Aldo, shut up. I mean, what are we talking about here, people? We're talking about the greatest featherweight of all time. I mean, 
it, we can start talking about Max Holloway. You can talk about Conor McGregor. I get it. But arguably, you're talking about top two or three featherweights of all time. And the man is only 34 years old. His record is 30 and 7. I mean, shut up about that he's washed up. He's still, I mean, as uh, in his physical prime. I mean, in perfect physical condition, has a shitload of experience, all at the championship level. I mean, only at the highest level. The man's only losses, I mean, only losses since the Connor knockout. The Connor knockout just derailed the Jose um, Aldo kind of um, uh, 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 history, the, the, his legacy. It totally derailed it. I totally agree. I, I get it. It's such a weird, not fall from grace, but, I mean, Conor McGregor just destroyed Jose, the, the mystique of Jose Aldo. He did. He did. But even since then, his only losses, Max Holloway, currently a champion, probably going to be considered the greatest featherweight of all time. Lost to Alexander Volkanovsky, the current featherweight champion. Lost to Peter Yan, who is the current bantamweight champion. He, and he, his only other one's a split decision loss against Marlon Marias, who's one of the highest level uh, contenders out there. I mean, beating Jeremy Stevens, beating Hinato Moicano, beating Frankie Edgar, former champion, beating Cheeto Vera unanimously, beating tough contender Pedro Munoz and unanimously. I mean, his only losses are losses against like the best in the world. Stuff that's super reasonable to have a loss to, to Peter Jan. Super reasonable to have a loss to Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, Max Holloway is as good and dominant as it gets. Um, and, and that's when he was changing weight classes. Like, it, you just hear this criticisms about, about I, mean, I mean, there are tons of people who still love Jose. Me. Me. So that's tons of people, right? I mean, the man is just one of the greatest of all time. He's still very young. I mean, he's weathered. He's got a lot of MMA miles on him. He's been fighting forever. He's been doing it at the top of the tier, just fighting nothing but the best. I mean, no easy fights for Jose Aldo. Chad Mendez, Conor McGregor, Frankie Yeager, Max Holloway, Jeremy Stevens, Volkanovski. You know, I mean, it, everybody, everybody's just been fighting at the top of the heap for years, for years. And he still looks amazing. Went out. I mean, Pedro Munoz is as dangerous as it gets right now, as dangerous as it gets, especially in that bantamweight division. You're talking about in these lighter weight divisions, guys who have true knockout power, you know, I mean, as tough and gritty as they come. You know, he's not going to play that game. I mean, Jose's a, a too smart for that. You know, he, he's too quick. He, he's too experienced. I mean, he moves around. He's not going to just – he's not going to be like Cody Garbrandt against Pedro Munoz and just, hey, let's stand here and just swing. Like, let's close our eyes, bite on our mouthpiece, and just swing and, and see who clips the other one. Like, see who lands. Like, he's definitely not going to do that. Um, and, and he just showed you. He showed you what he's going to do against a dangerous guy like Pedro Munoz, and he's going to pick him apart. And he set – he broke his own record for significant strikes. You know, he looks amazing, not washed up at all, as competitive as anybody at the top of the heap, still incredibly relevant, still, I mean, we could go on all day about how great he is. And, and just went out there and proved it, went out there and proved it. And he's looked 
better than ever since he's moved down to bantamweight, which is crazy, which is crazy. Being as, being as, you know, as, uh, as old as he is, air quotes, in this, in, in this game, you know, and to go and drop weight, like usually that's the answer to some of your problems. A lot of times it doesn't work out. Um, but man, he's looked as good as ever since he's made that switch. Looked as good as ever. And that, man, that, that division, that division's heating up. We got the, we got the Aljo Piotr Jan, uh, rematch. Like that's got to happen obviously to really give us a, un cause currently I I'm definitely in the camp. That belt is disputed. It is not undisputed. That's a disputed belt for sure. And we need to unify or we need to create an undisputed champion in that division so that fight has to happen but but what happens with with tj dillashaw and rob font and jose aldo who knows all those guys you know we got cody garbrandt left he's going down to he's making his uh his flyweight debut so he's out of the picture but man rob font jose aldo and tj dillashaw Anything could happen with that. I know Jose wants TJ, and I think that'd be a, an awesome matchup. If the timing doesn't work out, I mean, I know TJ wants that belt. I know TJ wants that belt. He came and was able to beat Corey. He's got a good argument for it. I think the UFC, you know, they're, they're, they're willing to give him that shot, but it's probably all going to be really dependent on timing. It's probably going to be dependent on timing. And if he doesn't get that, if he does get that, then Rob Font, Jose Aldo, sign me up. Sign me up. If not, Jose Aldo and TJ Dillashaw, sign me up. Rob Font and TJ Dillashaw, sign me up. They are all good. That little love triangle between those three and, and maybe the loser coming off of the, the championship fight, there's a lot of exciting things happening in that top five. I don't think anybody, you know, you know, six through ten is going to be sniffing any of those top five guys right now. They are wrapped up with each other for sure. Um, it's going to be – it's going to be uh, – those guys that are not in the top five are going to have to make some noise. There's got to be something crazy going to happen to break into the top five right now in the bantamweight division. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Jose Aldo just just proven that he's definitely a top five guy. He's definitely a top five guy. Um, he, he's on a mission to get back to winning a championship at that, uh, at that weight class. And I love it, dude. He looks great. You know, he looks great. He looks as good as ever, as good as ever. Then we got the heavyweights. Poor, 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 poor Derek Lewis. Poor Derek Lewis. In front of his hometown, in front of his fans. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. Not really, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, it just proves. I mean, and people have been talking about it. Dan has been talking about it. It just shows you what a real deal Cyril Ghosn is, what a real deal he is. And we, and it was not that surprising. I mean, he, he was an underdog for a reason. You know, we kind of talked last week about you should never bet against Derek Lewis as an underdog. He's just too many examples of him kind of getting outworked by a more athletic guy or, or, or losing a fight or being an underdog from a guy who has more skills than him and, and more ability and, and, and just, you know, better track record for their performances in those those types of fights and he still clipped them he has the great equalizer in his right hand it does not matter who you are any man on planet earth he he can he can put you to sleep um but Cyril Gan just kind of proved why he was the favorite I mean he's the more athletic guy um he, he's just he has a higher level fight IQ it seems um I mean his skills the way he mixes it up 
the 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 way his diversity and attacks his his overall athleticism and, and just his build for the division i mean he's perfect for that division i mean it doesn't get you 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 can't find like a better built heavyweight i mean he's absolutely perfect as far as his size and his speed his movement i mean he just just that alone gives him an advantage over over heaps and heaps of other heavyweights um but he's as impressive as it gets man he is for sure the real deal um i think the organization really knew what they had in him um which is why you know he he came into the ufc with so little experience he had some kickboxing experience but even that was fairly minimal um, and, you know, he's only been in MMA for three years or whatever, you know. I mean, was able to go in there, and, and he is. He's a sport fighter. I talk about this a lot, um, if you've listened to me before, but the difference between the difference between kind of uh, sport fighters and kind of street fighters, guys that approach this as a fight, a pure, violent fight, just like it's on the street, and then guys that approach this like it's a professional sport. You know, and, and he gets a lot of criticisms for that, you know, and, and, and it just depends on your taste, different strokes for different folks, you know, and he, he can have some boring matchups with guys because he, he's focusing on the game. He's focusing on how to win the game, uh, and he looks at it truly as a sport, and he even talks about that. But I think that really is advantageous for situations just like this where he's in another arena, he, he's definitely playing an away game. I mean, Derek Lewis had the home field advantage. It's what makes his outcome even more sad because he had all of the home field advantage. Everybody was there cheering for him, you know, and he lost to a damn Frenchman, you know, a guy coming to another country, going into a rowdy arena with fans who are booing you against a scary, scary dude. And Cyril Ghosn looks like as comfortable as anybody having fun, playing the sport, you know, utilizing his skills and just showing everybody his championship material. I mean, it doesn't get much more impressive than that. And, and like uh, I saw Dana saying, you couldn't have scripted this outcome any better for the heavyweight division, um, which I think is good. I mean, the heavyweights, they need exciting guys like this. They're usually struggling for that top-tier talent. They're, they're, they're usually older um, more weathered guys in the heavyweights. They need young, exciting, um, talented blood. And, and he is just, I mean, a shot of life into that division. And they couldn't have scripted it any better for him and Nganu. And if that fight doesn't happen, I, mean, I wouldn't mind if the fight, I mean, the fight's got to happen. It's going to happen. He's the interim title. You know, he, he's the interim belt holder. That will be your next fight. If it doesn't happen in France, I mean, what a shame. What a shame. It has to. It has to. They just did a TV deal in France. Both of these guys have ties to France. I mean, Cyril being French and Nganu getting his initial training out of France once he immigrated away from Africa. Um, they've trained together before. Uh, I mean, it, it's as good as it gets, you know. And for a giant, huge pay-per-view event to unify the belt in France against former teammates, both guys – kind of similar in stature and athleticism and speed, you know, and it's just power versus kind of, you know, and, and, and it's not that Cyril doesn't have any power. I mean, he just showed you. He put Derek Lewis away. He put Derek Lewis away. I mean, he didn't flatline him. I mean, we all know Nganu's going to have the advantage there. He's going to have that insane, insane KO power. I mean, that's what he's got. I mean, that is his thing. Um, he's definitely going to have the advantage over Cyril. But I can't wait for that fight. 
it is heating up in the heavyweight division. And, and God knows what they're going to do with John Jones. I can't, I cannot put any stock into that anything's going to happen. I mean, it, they're talking about 2022 now. I mean, every year it's the next year. I mean, he's just sitting out for longer and longer. He's going to, he's been, we've been teasing his comeback. I mean, what's he going to do? Who knows? But we might get a big surprise with him and Stipe, you know, uh, fighting each other, you know? I mean, to see who fights the winner of Nganu and Sirogan. But, but I mean, who knows, man? It is just it's, – it's, it's heating up. It's heating up. We still got Curtis Blades in there. Um, but, you know, Curtis is I – think, I think he's fighting Volkov next or somebody. He's already wrapped up with somebody. But, you know, the, the what's going to happen with Stipe, what's going to happen with John Jones, there's no telling. Um, but we're going to have a really exciting heavyweight unification fight in Sirogan and Francis Ngannou. I mean, it, the, the fact that he was able to go in there in a different country – uh, against a scary, scary heavyweight like that with, I mean, so, such minimal experience in relation to the rest of the landscape and even a guy like Derek Lewis who has over well over 30 fights and he's been fighting the UFC for years more than Cyril's even been freaking training MMA. Uh, for him to go in there and do that against one of the best in the world and Derek Lewis, I mean, it just proves what the real deal he is. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out, you know, does – the speed and athleticism and diversity in, in, in offense and, and, uh, um, and fight IQ, does it beat that crazy, fast, powerful KO power in Nganu? Um, and doing it all in France, like, it's exciting. It's really exciting for the heavyweight division, you know. Uh, I mean, the heavyweights have been, you know, Nganu, it is the Nganu era right now i mean he he has this mystique about him he's the undisputed king of the heavyweights and he's an exciting guy but i feel like me personally i've not been as excited as you know as um it, it has the heavyweights have not been quenching my thirst over the last couple years um you know i i miss those uh i miss those brock lesnar days you know i'm old school you know i come from the the 2000s era um, and, and the Shane Carwin, uh, Brock Lesnar days, th those, those kind of stuff got my juices flowing. There was a lot of exciting stuff happening at that time. And, and as of late, you know, uh, it, just, it just hasn't, I don't know, it hasn't been, I mean, we've, we've got so much going on in the smaller divisions that's way more exciting, way more dramatic. Um, so I'm excited. We're getting some lifeblood, some lifeblood, more talent in the heavyweights. And if John Jones can ever freaking make up his mind and get in there and mix it up, then it's going to be one of the most exciting divisions that we've got going. So that's it. That's it. I got to get out of here, man. I am so cranky. I'm so cranky. Uh, I love you. If you stuck around this long, I really appreciate it. Um, we're getting into the 30s in the episodes now. I hope I can make some fun changes and kind of start mixing it up a little bit um, to, to make this worth it for you guys. If not, you know what to do, and I'll talk to you soon.